Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rochelle Travers and this is The Leader. Downton fans, it's the moment you've been waiting for. There's finally a new instalment about your favourite aristocratic family, the Crawleys. Years ago, before you were born, I met a man... And now I've come into the possession of a villa in the south of France. What? Downton Abbey, A New Era is officially out in UK cinemas today. It's the second film inspired by the hit TV series, which ended its run on British television in 2015. Creator Julian Fellows wrote the script for the series in both films. The latest one sees the Crawley family go on a grand journey to the south of France to uncover the mystery of the Dowager Countess's newly inherited villa. Charlotte O'Sullivan is the chief film critic for The Evening Standard. So it's the sequel to the incredibly successful Downton Abbey the movie. And basically it's 1929 and there are sort of two big problems. One is that the family, the Crawleys, are a bit strapped for cash. There are sort of a, there's a leak in the attic, so they need funds. And also the Countess, Violet, the wonderful Dame Maggie Smith, she's found out that she's been left a villa in the south of France. So these two things, trying to bring money in, and solving the mystery of why Violet was bequeathed the villa sort of fuel the plot. And it is quite, uh, I would say, a sort of silly plot. But I think fans will absolutely love it because it means everyone, all the favourite characters get to be involved. So half the characters all go off to the south of France together to find out what's going on with the villa. And Lady Mary stays at home because she decides a way to get money would be to have a film crew taking over the Abbey and making a Hollywood movie. And of course, they'll pay top money. So she gets involved with the film crew and two dashing actors, Myrna and Guy, get involved with everyone's affairs. So Charlotte, what is your review of the latest Downton movie? I don't I think it makes much sense as a standalone film. It's It would be twice as good if it was half as long. But because Julian Fellers, the writer and creator of Downton, wants to please the fans, he's sort of thrown everything but the kitchen sink in. So for me, as someone who's not a, a massive fan of the franchise, it seemed terribly bloated. But I think if you love every single character and want them to have a little plot to themselves, you'll be in heaven. And and if you like looking at houses, very, very big houses from nice angles in sunshine, then yes, I think you will pass out with joy because a lot of those sort of shots. Do you need to have followed the series and watched the previous film to understand this one? I had to do a lot of homework. There's so many characters and all the servants seem to have had one job and then changed their job and moved where they... And the family tree of the Crawleys is so huge and there are sort of 
sisters who pop up and mothers-in-laws and stray grandmothers. It really, I felt like I was doing an MA in Downton Abbey studies. And if you haven't put the homework in, I think you would be scratching your head for much of this sequel. What do you think the secret is to Downton Abbey's success? I, 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 I wish I knew. I think maybe partly it's to do with this sort of idea that we like to think our betters are nobler than us. So we actually seeing Lady Mary doing the right thing and being plucky and brave just sort of makes us, brings out the peasant in us. And and we just think, oh gosh, yes, the rich and powerful are better than us. I also think people just love looking at sort of huge houses and lovely dresses. It's sort of, you get to wallow in wealth. And yet at the same time, having, you know, in the sequel, I think there are some really good characters and Julian Fellas does do some interesting things. So just when you sort of think you're drowning in this syrupy wealth porn, you'll get an interesting subplot about the gay um, valet and how oppressive Britain can be and how America sort of offers more opportunities. So you don't know exactly what you're getting. And, and I think that may be the appeal, that that's why it's a guilty pleasure, even for liberals. Fellows just throws something extra in every time. These types of costume dramas have changed quite a bit over recent years with the emergence of racier shows like Bridgerton. Do you think there's still a place for Downton Abbey? Well, we're about to see, I guess, because this is so not racy. I think there's like two kisses and that's it. There's some ardent glances, but it's definitely proudly old fashioned when it comes to sex. And and it's quite hilarious because Lady Mary, so if you don't know anything about this, Lady Mary is the granddaughter of Violet and she's sort of the main heroine, and um, she's had tragedy in her past. She's got a lovely second husband, but he's not even in this film. He just sends sort of telegrams saying that he's busy racing cars. And so she gets to have an almost dalliance with the um, the director of the, the Hollywood Film Company. But there's no sense really that anything could possibly happen because, you know, she's she's far too prim and proper. And it, it fascinates me that we do... In our culture, we're sort of sex obsessed, but it's like these glorious houses sort of fulfill th- that desire. And, and so all, all the sexual desire goes into the, the real estate. So not necessarily racy then, but there are some interesting and unexpected developments with some of the characters, aren't there? That's right. There's a wonderful subplot involving Thomas, the gay valet. He's been a sort of self-loathing gay man for quite a while. Julian Fellows has been exploring this, but in the sequel, something quite amazing happens between him and one of the Hollywood actors. And it's not the actress, it's the dashing actor guy. And it's really sweetly done, that sort of frisson of attraction. And I, I won't give away what happens, but it's it's quite positive. It's a nice turn of events for Thomas. And I think that sends a really interesting message for the LGBTQ plus community and also people who are anti that community. So I'll be very interested to see how the film does in places like China and Saudi Arabia, because obviously it's in the news at the moment, just how much mainstream films can get away with talking about homosexuality. And I think the sequel goes further than any of the other Downton episodes or films. So very exciting to see how that plays out. This is the second Downton Abbey film. Do you think there'll be a third? I definitely think there could be a third if this does 
as well as the last one. I mean, COVID could affect things because obviously the demographic is older viewers and we just don't know if people are going to come out to the cinema in the way they did before. And if they'd rather watch this at home, then I wonder if Julian Fellows will think, is there a different way to do this? There's clearly a demand, but whether we'd get a third film is maybe up in the air. But I, I went to the premiere and there were so many fans and the, the atmosphere was incredible. So I do think if this does well, the third is an absolute shoe in But um, just to say that there will be someone very important missing from the third one, not to give too much away. There is a, a wedding in this film and a funeral. And for me, I, I think uh, this special person will be much missed. And, and I almost wonder if it can survive without them. And that's it from The Leader. This podcast is back on Tuesday at 4pm. Enjoy the bank holiday weekend and see you then.